0: There's an old adage on Wall Street that says the market takes the stairs up and then the elevator down. We've proved yet again we can protect ourselves and we can get out of the way and avoid the bulk of this damage. Because the faster I'm out of a trade, the faster my capital is free to find the next opportunity that hopefully will
1: be the big winner. You're listening to Last Week in the Market, the podcast for self-guided independent traders. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to the podcast. I'm Sean Vincent. I'm the voice of Last Week in the Market. Soon we'll be joined by Adam Saran. He is the brains behind Last Week in the Market. Adam is the author of the book Psychological Analysis. He is a Forbes contributor. He is the creator of the AMP investment trading strategy. That's A M P D. Adam spends lots of time researching the market and he shares actionable trading ideas on his findleadingstocks.com newsletter for his subscribers. This podcast is designed to help self-guided independent traders better understand Adam's AMP trading strategy. And it's good for any trader trying to better understand the market. Right now, for AMP traders, defense is king. The traders are mostly on the sidelines, but they're not checked out. Adam says for AMP traders, Waiting is watching. It's time to keep your watch lists tight and be ready to pounce should market conditions change. But before we get to all of that, remember that in the market, the past does not predict the future. No results are typical and there is inherent risk when trading in the market. This podcast is for educational purposes and does not constitute financial advice. It's the week of October 30th, 2023, and here's what happened last week in the market. The week started out strong, we were on the lookout for a new follow-through day, but our hopes were dashed when the market slid steeply for a couple days in a row. The AMP trading system has a strategy for making money when the market's going up and when it's going down. Members have asked Adam if now's the time for shorting, and he'll give us his answer in today's podcast. I've watched the market this week as I do now, as we've been working on this project together. And at different points in this week, I was pretty confident we were going to have like three different conversations, right? At the beginning of this week. <laughs> at the beginning of this week, I thought, great, this would be an opportunity to talk about shorting stocks and how the AMP trading system works when the market's going up and when it's going down. And then All of a sudden, the Russell started doing pretty good, and some of the small mid-cap indexes were showing signs while the NASDAQ was just taking the elevator down. And I thought, okay, we'll talk a little bit about the great mini rotation, and we'll talk about, okay, we're looking for the beginning of maybe a rally on the Russell that's been suffering this year, looking for a follow-through there, and now it's noon, it's almost one o'clock on Friday. There's, what, uh, three hours left in trading. The Russell's down, the Nasdaq's going back up. Uh, What's going on, Adam? So
0: uh, a few things, Sean. Number one, during these corrections and or bear markets, pullbacks, whatever word you want to use, you see a lot of wild swings. And they lead you to it's an emotional roller coaster, right? Because one day you think this, the next day you think that, you know, all that fun stuff. So first off, we need to respect the trend. And that's the M in the AMP investment system, market and conditions, M, market conditions, took the words right out of my mouth. The M stands for market conditions. And that means most stocks follow the broader indices. And right now the in the trend is down the evidence by the fact that the NASDAQ 100, the QQQ is below its 50 day moving average. The S and P 500 is below its 50 day moving average and below its longer term, 200 day moving average. Then you've got the Dow below its 50 and its 200, and you've got the small and mid-cap stocks way below their their 50 and their 200s. And there, you also have what's known as a death cross for the mid-cap S&P 400, which is the MDY, for the Russell 2000, which is the IWM, and for the micro-cap stocks, the IWC. So what does that mean in English? It just means the path of least resistance is down, for the foreseeable future so we talked you you mentioned a lot in the intro there thank you for that the stairs up and elevator down there's an old adage on wall street that says the market takes the stairs up and then the elevator down and what we're seeing really since the end of july early august especially in those smaller and mid cap and micro cap indices the elevator down so the entire rally you know the stock market just back up a little bit topped out in early 2022 or late 2021 depending on the index you look at and then 2022 the stock market all the indices fell pretty heavy and the vast majority of the stocks that we follow were down and down big well all right what does that mean there were two big macro forces that sent stocks lower the dollar was relentlessly rallying last year and the yield on the 10-year interest rates was going up and going up a lot well Something changed in October of 2022. The stock market bottomed and rates and the dollar temporarily topped out. So the big macro headwind for most of 2022, the higher dollar and higher interest rates, that really fell by the wayside for most of 2023. It bought, it. it top, those two macro things, the dollar and rates, stopped going up. They started going down. The first two-thirds, really first half, let's put it that way, of 2023, the dollar was going down and interest rates were going down for the most part, the yield on the 10-year. Well, okay, fine. Then what happened in the summer, right around when we started this podcast, Sean, the, that, those trends reversed. The headwinds returned. The dollar went up. I think it was like 13 or 14 weeks in a row. The interest rate on the 10-year actually surpassed the October 2022 high. Well, all right. what happened? So the rally in, on Wall Street ended in early, late July, early August. And then you just saw relentless selling, especially in the smaller and mid-cap and micro-cap indices, which are more interest rate sensitive. And there's another element of the market that I'll talk about later, which is the Magnificent Seven, that the big cap tech stocks, the vast majority, I'll talk about now, here you go, the vast majority of the gains this year on Wall Street have been from the Magnificent Seven, seven to 10 big macro, big, you know, big mega-cap stocks mainly tech stocks. Well, they don't reside in the small and mid-cap indices. So all year, those small and mid-cap indices have been lagging and lagging woefully. And what happened just now in October is the small and micro-cap indices undercut their October 2022 lows and literally erased all the gains in the last year. So the dynamic has shifted now from one where we, we thought we were in the early stages of a new bull market to like, hold on a second here, especially if you take out those magnificent seven. We could be just a big bear market rally for most of this year. And now we're resuming the downtrend and we could have another leg lower on Wall Street.
1: Well, here's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at like the the NASDAQ's been the leading industry. That's where the magnificent seven mostly reside, right? These tech stocks. Yes. And I'm looking at the chart. July 31st, there was a peak. And then we started the slide that happened through the fall, right? And what I'm noticing here is it's gone down to a low and then tried to get back up. But in, you know, a month after July 31st, August 31st, we peaked again, but not quite as high as we had been on July 31st. And then we fall. And then at the end of September, we're lower than we were at the dip in August. And then I tried to rally again. October 11th, it reached another peak, but that wasn't quite as high as it was in August 31st and now we yes. slipped down and we have surpassed uh, every low we've had since the peak in the summer. So, so the, the highs are lower than the last highs and the lows are lower than the last lows. That's a trend, right?
0: Yeah, so Sean, you know, I mean, you helped write the book so you know for sure, but the definition of an uptrend is a series of higher highs and higher lows. The definition of a downtrend is the exact opposite. It's a series of lower highs and lower lows. And as you so uh, perfectly observed right there, is right now since July we've had a series of lower highs and lower lows on just about all the indices. So the the three major ones that we follow, or that I follow at least, are the Nasdaq 100, QQQ, the Nasdaq Composite, and the S and P 500. Now we're waiting. For, wh- where are we right now? Well, we have to acknowledge that the bears are in control of this market. We've had an pretty much a defensive stance for most of the last since this podcast began for the most of the last three months notwithstanding a few small windows where they had a little follow-through day in early October but we still were mostly defensive but trust but verify I think that word I used was cautiously optimistic and that abruptly failed so we've been mostly defensive since the end of July early August and that served us very well actually in the weekend report on fine leading stocks this weekend. I'm going to be showing a mailbag. where well, we've had a lot of readers write in and saying, thank you, Adam, for keeping us safe and out of harm's way. Because I know there's a lot of people, there's a lot of damage out there. And our job is twofold. Number one, to be in harmony with the market, not harmony, but in harmony. And that means to stay aligned with the market. So the job is twofold. First off, protect our capital when things aren't going well, i.e. defense first, the D and amp, And then the second job is make sure we're there when things go well. And our job as investors and to be aligned with the market is to make sure that we can do that job. And thankfully we've done that job very, very well this year. Well, we've been doing this job very well since I started writing in 2004. But again, you know that's our job and we've, done it. we've proved yet again, we can protect ourselves and we can get out of the way and avoid the bulk of this damage. And that, Sean, is so incredibly powerful because if you can get out of the way early, like we did, you protect your mental and physical capital. So when things turn around, you're there to pounce on it. And the biggest money's made after these declines. Throughout history, if you look at market history, and I'm a student of history, I love history, I love market history specifically, you see there's normal, you see big pullbacks, you see corrections, you see bear markets. Think of that as a red light. After every red light, you get a green light. Big, roaring, rip boring bull markets, huge rallies, trading windows, whatever word you want to use to describe it. And they always follow the bear markets. They always follow the corrections. So for now, I still am, no question, super defensive because there's just relentless selling going on right now. We had a day one of a fall through, uh, sorry, day one of a rally attempt yesterday on Thursday, and that failed because right now the Russell is, the IWM is below Thursday's low. The micro cap, the IWC, is below Thursday's low. And the mid cap, the MDY, is below Thursday's low so even you know you tried getting a rally attempt in the smaller indices which have led on the way down they might lead on the way up but they can't even rally for more than a day or two so this is just a time where i urge people to just defense 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 think of a big hurricane sean we both live in florida we've been through our fair share of hurricanes if you want to stay dry that's your objective you don't want to go outside when there's a hurricane you know the storm's going to pass same thing on wall street if your objective is to make money which it is for us we don't have to be involved all the time. This will, this too shall pass. It always has in the past. And for some, unless if some major paradigm shift occurs that I'm not aware of, it'll likely not 100% guaranteed. Nothing's 100% guaranteed. Right. But most likely to we'll continue to do but, that again and again and again.
1: But uh, we talked about asymmetric risk last week and the yes. am trading strategy is designed to uh, allow you to test the waters and get in when things are starting to move up. You have criteria for when – you see that green light and then with the power of cell stops and deciding in advance how much you're willing to risk and when you want to be out of a position then you can lock in gains that way so a couple of things you said there i want to bring in the second out psychological analysis side of things right that's the title of your book psychological analysis and yes. so you described what happened this year right and i remember at the end of July beginning of August which is around the time we started this podcast you talked about a member who wrote in he gotten stopped out yes of a position but he had also made the the most money in one trade that he had ever done in his trading life yes uh, and he thought oh if i had just sold it a little bit sooner right yeah. but but he yeah. didn't know that it wasn't going to keep going up and, right. and, and so he he gave up a little bit at the end and he'd given up a little bit at the beginning of the rally because he waited to see the follow through day. He waited for the advanced entry points uh, and then he moved into the position. You call that uh, enjoying the bulk of the move. Yes. Right. But but what I wanted to get to is there's a little bit of this remorse that, OK, I stopped out and it's over. But yeah. right now, I'll bet you he looks back and think, gosh, I'm so glad I stopped out because look at all the carnage that I missed on the way down. So yes. talk about psychology again. You talked about how over the last, uh, month and a half, we've seen a couple rally attempts. We've actually had a couple follow through days and you were yes. still mostly defensive, but you were testing the waters there. There are days where after follow through day, there were some stocks that broke out. They were ripe for an opportunity. You move in. Um, I know on my little, uh, chart where i keep track of things i'm interested in all those would have been stopped out if i had bought them right right right. but we don't feel bad about that because those could have been the beginning of a new rally it turns out that it was just a a, i don't know a bear market rally right yeah um and we're still going down but the point is we don't feel bad about that because that's the strategy that's the trading strategy we didn't go all in on those days you start feeling the waters uh, and then when they fail, they failed small and now it reinforces the current market conditions and we'll it's again, watch and wait, right? So very well said, Sean. Yeah.
0: yeah. Not only do you not feel bad about it, uh, most people, when they lose money or they get stopped out, at least I was free for my first decade of trading, I would get upset, angry, disappointed and f- frustrated, enter any other negative emotion you could possibly think of. Now through, experience and age and some decent amount of success over the last several decades, I do the exact opposite. I welcome it with open arms because the faster I'm out of a trade, the faster my capital is free to find the next opportunity that hopefully will be the big winner.
1: I feel like the market's not going down predictably enough to, to really get into shorting, or is there an option there for that?
0: So typically shorting, it's a great question, Sean. Sean people ask me all the time when's a good time to short it's just the same exact rules as going long but in reverse so when you buy a breakout okay you're going to enter you're going to exit if it goes five or seven percent below your entry and the idea is you make money when the stock goes up well all right you want to find a pattern you want to find a, an uptrend so on and so forth and then a digestion or a consolidation in on the, the uptrend that's a new base or you know a sideways movement and then it breaks out of that base And then bam, you want to buy it. Or you can use an early entry point or an advanced entry point, which is the A and AMT. Okay, give you a slight edge. That's the idea of going long. The idea of going short is literally the exact opposite. So you want to find a downtrend. You want to find a market that's going sideways. And then you want to be able to get in instead of when a downward trend line is broken, which is the early entry point or the advanced entry point, you want to be getting in when an uptrend line is broken or when support is broken. And it, you could see it rally into a declining moving average, for example, and then begin to the roll over. So if you look at the S&P 500, the SPY, you did that. You, early October, you rallied to the 50-day moving average. It made another lower high, by the way, which excellent observation, Sean, on your part. And it rallied to the 50 and failed. That would have been a very good time to short. And it did. It failed on volume. Then, as it was breaking down, you could have shorted before. You know that was, by the way, that area was somewhere near 438. You're now at 411. The low from early October was 420. You're now at 411. So the breakdown, the pivot point there would have been 420, 28 or 42018, which was a low from early October. I don't want to short it now because now you've already had a big move. In fact, in the last what is it, ten days or so, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine days, you've only had one up day, and you have a tremendous amount of bearishness showing up. Typically, the red light, green light. After every red light, when you're driving, there's a green light, and after a green light, there's red lights. On Wall Street, it's the same thing. After a big move down, like we just had, most likely the market will bounce. Now it doesn't have to, but most it's a game of probabilities, right? Sure, it gets oversold you, and mo- it
1: pops back up a little bit.
0: Yeah, so I don't want to just like you don't want to buy extended. If you missed the breakout, you don't want to buy it too extended. If you missed the breakdown. You don't want to chase it and short too extended because a normal pullback, in this case, a normal rally, would stop you out. So if you miss a short, that's fine. I'd wait and then wait for a little bounce, another wedging, another lower high into the moving average and then see it roll over again and look to short there.
1: Are you tracking any of that on your fine leading stocks newsletter?
0: Yeah, we do, actually. So a lot of what we do is we give it's agnostic. You want to be long or short. You want to be in, in, in harmony with the market. And for now, like the weekend report, I got an early start on it. I'm going to probably get it out hopefully soon in the next few hours. There's a lot of sentiment, which is extremely bearish. And I show you chart after chart after chart. The number percent of stocks above the 50-day moving average in the S&P is at, at some of the lowest levels in years, which typically signals that when that happens, you see a to rally and, and the market rally right afterwards. You've got sentiment, the CNN fear and greed index. If you go on Google and search – CNN, fear, greed index, you'll see it. And then bam, it shows up in uh, fear. So it's got categories, extreme fear to extreme greed. And back in the summer, I posted it was extreme greed. Well, that's green light. What happens after that? Pull back, red light, and now we're all the way back to the fear side of the equation. And then the AAII, the American Association of Institute Individual Investors, has a survey they do for investing, and they say, okay, how many of you in this, in this theme are bullish? How many are bearish? and the vast majority of people are bearish. So a lot of these secondary indicators are lining up where we're getting to extreme levels yet again, plus the fact that the market's already had a big leg down yet again, I the like I said this last week in the weekend report, the ingredients are in place for a big 1987 kind of crash. However, the vast majority of time that does not happen. Instead, you get a, just a vicious decline, and then bam, you get a rip back rally. So For now, we do have the environment very stretched. Think of a rubber band. You're stretched to the downside. We had the red light. You're down significantly this week and this month. And for some of these indices for the year, you've given back all the gains. Some of them are below their lows from last October. So I don't want to go out there and short now. However, I want to wait. And I want to be aware that the environment is very weak. We can crack open, but if we don't, I want to be very, the contrarian inside of me, Sean, is getting very bullish here because I know it's a matter of time until this rubber band snaps back and we get that inevitable rally that follows these declines.
1: Yeah. And what I've learned is wait means watch. Wait, waiting isn't taking your eye off the ball. Yeah. It's actually more work to be done when you're waiting than when you have positions in and things are rallying and doing great.
0: Very well said. If you want to win in this business or in any business, you've got to be disciplined. You've got to be focused. There's just certain commonalities that successful people share, right? You don't see Michael Jordan picking out and eating 10 cheesecakes every week in his prime and doing a bunch of drugs and, doing, and drinking a lot and you know being blacked out and all that kind of stuff. This guy was focused. And same with Tiger Woods, same with LeBron James, or any of these kind of guys that are ultra, ultra high top 1% performers. These folks win because they're focused. They're disciplined, they show up, they do the work that no one else wants to do, and they keep doing it, especially when they don't want to do it because they win and they know that that's required to win because the market can turn on a dime. Nobody knows when it's going to turn, but I know that I'm going to be there to make sure that I'm going to stack the odds of success. So when it does turn, I'm going to have my watch list ready. I'm going to make sure that my I'm prepared, that I have my entries, my exits, planned out before the week even starts. So I have my eye on the ball. Look, we're in earnings season, Sean. I have the winners and losers of earnings season. Every stock that's gapped up after reporting earnings, I'm going to show the major ones this weekend in the weekend report. And they're all right there. It doesn't take a genius to find it. You just have to show up and do the work and be there every day. In the morning reports, in the pre-market reports, 6, seven thirty in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning some days, I publish these reports. Mm-hmm. I give you the movers before the day even starts. Because I want to make sure I've got these lists, I share them with people, and I do that every day. I could easily take off and check out and show up again when they get a follow through day. That doesn't help me. I've done that before, and you end up missing it. You miss it. So yeah. in this, yeah, you miss it. But if you stay disciplined and you stay focused and you keep your list together, it doesn't have to be twenty hours of work. In fact, I recommend most people stay away from the market all day and only look at it when the markets are closed or on the weekends. It, it just—it's just a level of discipline and focus that separates the winners from everyone else and like you said like i say it's one of my sayings winners win period
1: all right everybody that's the podcast thanks for listening through to the end it's uh monday morning october 30th as i'm getting this ready to publish and most of the indices are up so it looks like another interesting week on the street we'll be watching it until next time as adam always says keep your losses small And let your winners fly.
0: These folks win because they're focused, they're disciplined, they show up, they do the work that no one else wants to do, and they keep doing it, especially when they don't want to do it.